I'm Izzy, and my guest today is super, super dope. He's built something a couple times now, and now that I've actually had the opportunity to interview him today, I'm just like super, super excited to, one, have him on to talk about his story, everything that he's touched, and currently what he's building in Chiki Chiki. So, Andres, thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me. For the people that don't know who you are, may not know that everything that you've built and everything like that, do you want to give a brief intro as to who you are and what you do? Yeah, I'm Andres Quieta. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Chiki Chiki Boom Boom. Uh, it's a tropical water beverage brand. It's based out of LA. Um, uh, brief background on myself. I, uh, I, I'm born and raised in LA. I uh, stayed here my whole life. I went to USC for college. And... Uh, I went into the fashion business for the first 16 years of my life. I actually started the company when I was in college. Um, so I've never had like a real full-time professional job wow. apart from whatever I've done on my own, obviously. Um, and uh, I did that for 16 years, built close to 10 brands. I, I, I think a little bit more, maybe 11. There's a couple that didn't really make it, but the, but the total count was around uh 10 um and uh yeah did everything in fashion from wholesale to retail to subscription to e-commerce uh the name of the company is called five four group so, some of the brands are five four young and reckless new republic menlo club um and a few others as well uh, but those are like the notable ones that a lot of people may know um primarily in the men's fashion space yeah. Um, they still exist to this day and yeah, in 2018, um, a few things, one, I launched a uh, community platform called Altuntun. So we focus a lot on community events and all that stuff. Uh, primarily in LA, um, we do anywhere from six to 10 events per month. And then, uh, my, um, my main, uh, project is Chiki Chiki Boom Boom, uh, which is, I assume what we're going to talk about the most of today. Um, so yeah, and that, you know, I think my background and my past kind of, um, not think, I know that that's all influenced, you know, my decision in terms of like going into this new project and one project that was a bit challenging because it was a completely new industry. So all the domain expertise, you know, specifically in things like operations and whatever that you may have learned that are more like technical, mm -hmm. um, a lot of it didn't get transferred over some did like just more on like a macro level but in terms of like a micro level you know like if i were to do something today in fashion it's very easy for me to like understand and know how to move at like 300 miles an hour um in this separate industry in food and beverage i, I really know how so it was like yeah just kind of like rebuilding and but you know i saw a, a very big opportunity. I was very driven by it. I was very passionate of it. And something that like kind of took over me was the culture and just like wanting to do something that was um, for the culture and like that kind of super, super wrote everything else that I had done, you know? Yeah. So, and I saw the bigger picture. So that's where I'm at now. From my understanding, the product itself and the conception of it or the idea is really influenced off the middle of Ecuador. There was a drink that everybody was drinking for immunity and gut health. So were you, were you on site and saw this and said, okay, this could be replicated? My vision at a macro level is I want to create the next Goya 
but do products that are good for you, the earth and uh, you, the earth and the people. That was like, that was the, the North star of everything. Right. And like this beverage had been around for 500 years and it came from this region called Vizcabamba that was known as the Valley of Longevity that was between the Amazon and the Andes right under the equator. And this was, you know, this beverage specifically was a longevity elixir for the Incan kings and queens. And they had been drinking this for gut health, immunity, hydration. And this region specifically is a blue zone where there's many centenarians and the urban legend is for every day you live this, you live a day longer. I'm like, bro, we have a fountain of youth from the middle of the world. That's what my like marketing kind of had instantaneously clicked. Right. Right. And I was like, "This, this is super unique and different. Like, you know, I never heard of this, like, at least told like this, right? I had drank the product as a kid, but I had never connected the story, right? And, you know, that's when, you know, I started to do research and started to kind of understand where this product would live and sit and what it reminded me of. Um, So then, you know, in that due diligence, you know, that's when we came and we narrowed down on this product. And, you know, I thought like, wow, this is like, you know, for the first, like, two years of the brand, we marketed it as like a super punch because it was kind of like this punch of botanicals and mountain water and azúcar de panela, which is panela sugar, which is like raw and processed under fine sugar and fruit. Right. And, you know, as time passed specifically in 2022, as we started to do more like product giveaways and tastings and stuff, people consistently would tell us like, Oh, it tastes like a very light water like a flavored mm. water, flavored water, whatever. So then like, I just blurted out one day, like I was speaking to someone in English. I was like, yeah, it's like a tropical water. And then I was like, agua tropical, tropical water, agua tropical, tropical water. And I just kept saying it back in Spanish and English, back in Spanish and English. I'm like, dude, like this is something that like, that a non-Spanish speaker can understand what it is without knowing Spanish. And a, a English speaker would understand, like a non-Latin person would understand like, you think tropical, you think light, you think refreshing, you think Latin. So it kind of tells you those three, those three adjectives of, of the brand, like light, refreshing Latin without telling you it's Latin, right. Or light or refreshing, like that specific word. And also like sweet, like when you're on an Island, you, you think like the tropics, you think of drinking something sweet. You think of like, you know, usually it's like a cocktail or some sort of fruit drink on the sand. Right. So, you know, I thought that that's where I was like, boom, got it. You know, know, sorry, I went off kind of on a tangent, but um, that's how we kind of like, we landed on it. And, you know, for me, it was always like Indiana Jones style. Like I went and found this buried treasure, you know, that had been drink, drank for 500 years and we bring this to, to the world. So it's like, you know, think global, act local. So it's like, we bring Ecuador to the world, to you in Chicago, Milwaukee, LA, New York, Miami, eventually Europe, South America, whatever, Asia, et cetera, et cetera. Um, So like, you know, taking this idea of like, you know, can we bring this, like this Agua Santa, you know, Mm -hmm. and they actually call this beverage also La Agua Santa, Mm -hmm. um, which means holy water for those that don't speak Spanish. So um, yeah, then I was like, yo, this is something super unique and special. And, you know, at the same time, like, you know, I'd grown up, you know, big fan of like street culture and pop culture and hip hop and all that stuff. And I had seen what vitamin water did with like hip hop and rap and stuff. And I'd seen what recently liquid death was doing with like yeah. uh, metal 
punk, alternative, rock culture. And I was like, no, no one's doing this with like reggaeton and Latinx and Spanglish and specifically in this category, right? Like, because sure, there's like Latin beverages, right? That are, that are mm -hmm. a bit more Latin inspired or whatever, but no one's doing this in the water category specifically. It's wild because I was scrolling through the Instagram um, and something, obviously being from Chicago, I'm a big fan of Joe Fresh Goods. And he did a free collaboration with Snapple uh, very early in his career um, where he used to literally customize bottles. And one day Snapple realized like, yo, so many people are honestly like jumping on board with this and like, let's give him a collaboration. But that was the, when I looked at that bottle and then was scrolling through the Instagram and finally seeing the bottle, I was like, huh, like yeah. very much similarities there in just like a, grabbing the attention of the culture, quote unquote, in yeah. a CPG format. So where I would love to go in this conversation is you mentioned reggaeton and when you go through the Instagram, I think it's reggaeton in a bottle. Where did that come from? If you look at like the, um, the kind of the origin of reggaeton, it's like a blend of styles, right? A blend of m different musical styles, right? And genres and even language and country and all that stuff. And like, if you look at Chicky, it's a blend, like the product itself, it's a blend of um, like a botanicals of sugar, of fruit, of water. Um, and that's what the idea always was that this magical antioxidant blend gives you health and longevity and stuff. Right. And then at the same time, like the brand is a blend, right? It's mm -hmm. sure it's a product of Ecuador, but what we market more is like Latin culture and what we market is like the celebration of different types of Latin people, um, regardless of religion, skin color, uh, country origin, language, um, you know, gender, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. um, because we just want to celebrate the vibrancy of the culture. And that means everything, right? So essentially, like, what when I view reggaeton, like, you know, apart from it being like, the best music genre ever it also is like a blend in the celebration of many things right and i feel like you know growing up latin in la um and growing up like what we said like a 200 percenter like you know i only spoke spanish at home growing up and then i spoke english outside the home right mm -hmm. and you know ecuador is like a small country so there's not a lot of ecuadorians kind of anywhere with the exception of maybe like specific areas in New York. Yeah. Um, so like, you know, I grew up with a lot of different Latin friends, right? Whether they're Mexican or Argentinian or Colombian or Cuban, whatever, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And like, you know, I appreciate their vibe, right? Yep. Like you told me you're Puerto Rican. When I went to Puerto Rico, it's like, I embraced everything, all things Puerto Rican from the food to even like the slang to the way that the people talk. And I was like, yo, it's dope. Like, I just loved it all, right? And when I, you know, I've always been like a student of culture and like of language and just street, right? Yeah. So when I went to Cuba, like I kind of analyzed and understood and like, you know, Jealous. I observed and like I studied like the street culture, you know, when I went to Puerto Rico, same thing. When I went to Colombia, same thing. When I went to Ecuador, same thing. Argentina, same thing. Mexico, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Guatemala, same thing. Like I studied and I 
started to see like, all right, the differences in language, the differences in in, in accents, right? Yeah. The differences in uh, just the way that they go on to day-to-day life, right? And all that to me was like amazing. And I celebrated it all, right? Because I think the common denominator that Latin people have in general is like, we're all super like pretty happy-go-lucky and yeah. everything is a celebration, whether it's a success or failure, whether it's like life or death, everything's a celebration. You know, like th- there, there's this like song, like a, a lyric in a Residente song that he says something like that the, that the, that the, the mom had no money in the bank account but she was still dancing in the kitchen. It was yeah. something of that sort. Like that's what like the word said. And that's so relevant, right? Because like, you know, when you have like, you know, a baptism or communion, ah, celebration, even when there's death, there's still yeah. kind of a party and we're all laughing because you know you have to kind of like view the best of everything, right? And that that mentality actually inspired Chicky because like we talk a lot about like sustainability and health and wellness and the planet and all that stuff. And like, historically, that's very like yoga mom branding vibes, right? And like, I was like, yo, if a Latin person is going to talk about something that's kind of a little, not the most fun topic in the world, like, I love nature and I love sustainability and all that stuff. But at least what has been put out from a communication perspective, historically, it's a little like scientific or like yoga mom vibes, right? Absolutely. I'm like, why don't we make this fun? And I'm like, how would a Spanish, like a Latin person do this? I'm like, yeah. shit, we'd make it all like a joke. We'd make it all kind of a party. We'd make it reggaeton. We'd make it Spanglish. We would make it this celebration of how we communicate and how we celebrate things, right? And like, you know, it's kind of like <laughs> in Latin culture, which I'm sure you have in your household or your friends, like you'll, the, your nickname will be your biggest insecurity, <laughs> right? You know, so like, uh, if you're skinny, they'll call you flaco. If you're, if you're bigger, they'll call you gordo or, you know, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, I got lucky. I got super lucky. I lived in the same, obviously, uh, same house as my dad. But then for a little bit, I was in the same house as my dad and my grandpa who all share the same name. We all share the same name. Uh So I just got stuck with Izzy instead of Israel. Um, but I do like my dad's. My dad's name in the fam is Pietro, and that's okay. like, yeah, that's like not an insecurity for him because he embraces it. But I know like when people like sit down and translate it, they're like, wait, what? Dude, so like when I was like 13, <laughs> when I was 13, I went to Ecuador for like three weeks. I'll never forget this. And back then, like this is like 90s. Yeah. It was cool to have like a flat top, right? <laughs> and I got a flat top and i thought it was dope right and my uncle in ecuador i got in ecuador and he's like can i cuss on the show yeah yeah, yeah you're fine uh because because like in spanish he says like ¿Qué puta madre es ese pelo? <laughs> like what the fuck is that hairstyle like what are you a clown so he called me clavijo like that was like the joke and clavijo was like clavijo like nails yeah. basically insinuating that i had nails all across my head right so like, you know, he took like, he thinks I look like a clown. So he called me clavijo. You know what I'm saying? So like, that's just like, 
you know, the the spirit of the culture, right? Right. So I think, you know, in that kind of same notion is like, let's use that amazing positivity and kind of like upbeat nature and talk about the issues that I don't think are being talked about enough in the culture from health, wellness, sustainability, social impact, empowerment, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and bring that all into one force, right. you know? That's interesting. So the this the context switch, I'd love to get into a little bit because you went from, obviously, like you mentioned, like you were going 300 miles an hour on the fashion side, but had yeah. to go over to Food and Bev and relearn things. And when I talk to entrepreneurs on the show of your stature, really, I see a lot of jumps like that where it's like, I need a new challenge. And it's literally like, I'm going to start like back from the ground and build my way up as more of a challenge than, yo, let's just go and start my 12th fashion brand or, or anything sure. like that. So when we talk context switching, switching and moving over to a new industry completely for you, was the idea like I'm going to throw myself into it fully immerse myself and learn from there or did you kind of put some things into place to actually educate yourself on the industry that you were jumping into yeah I mean I definitely put some things into place and I like you know I try to ask as many people as possible um you know at the same time I kind of like wrote on some of my gut instinct which a lot of it was wrong to be honest with you yeah. Um, you know, where we're at today with as the brand versus where we were when we launched, you know, it's very different. I also think that like when we were going to launch the brand, we were pre-pandemic, at, at least in the planning phase. So I was like, whatever, we'll like, we'll, um, we'll import like, you know, because we bottle down in Ecuador. We'll import like a container. It's only 20 pallets. We'll sell it and then we'll learn very quickly like what's next. Like right. we'll we'll keep iterating, right? Dude, pandemic hit and we didn't, we delayed launch by three months and we ended up launching like soft launching in like the summer of 2020. It was a very different, you know, beverage brands are all about like trial, which right. means a lot of times in the early stages, sampling or like giving out product. Couldn't do it, couldn't do both of it. That's like 90 to 95% of like how most beverage brands like start off, mm -hmm. right? So assume that's not possible anymore. And doing online beverage is just hard because of the freight. Freight costs right. kill you, you know? So like, you know, it was very challenging. And a lot of the things that you would have been able to kind of do and see and learn just weren't physically possible. Yeah. So I wouldn't say to like till this year, you know, there was a small trade show last year that happened that was very small, but I didn't start meeting people in the industry till like this year. You know, wow. and then that's when we've, we've accelerated like things dramatically because now you're able to go see, try, taste, da, 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 yeah. and move things very quickly that before you weren't able to do. And that's how you iterate. That's how you learn. That's how you change. That's how you create, you know, new iterations of your product. Um, and I, I didn't come from this industry. So there's not like a lot of like domain expertise that I had in terms of like, you know, like the micro things, right? right? like, like the granular, like, sure, I had macro experience and, and something else that sure, there's some applicable things. But you know, I'd say it's like 30% max, you know, the rest, like you had to learn, and obviously, going pretty humble and pretty open minded. Um, 
because you know i would say that like in 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 fashion you know i was the one that people were coming to ask questions for they were like you know whether they were part of my staff or whether they're new new entrepreneurs they would ask me questions and i would usually be able to give them a pretty comprehensive answer because i had experienced it the good and the bad right so right. I would be able to tell them like, this is the probably the route to market or the path to a solution very easily here. I didn't have that for like 95% of the things, yeah. you know, I was like seeking answers. A lot of times it was like, do it, fucking do it yourself, learn, fail, yeah. keep moving fast and quickly. And then, you know, and obviously, you know, we've had some big I I issues that like have been pretty bad, but like, luckily everything always is solvable. Yeah. Um, so like, you know, it's just about like keeping that fight going. And, you know, I think, you know, I think the excitement is like, for me at least, is that like, I didn't see like when I was in my past life, it's like, how am I going to impact like the culture and sustainability? Like, yeah. I just didn't see it. Like, sure. I could have created a brand that was Latin theme that was using like eco-friendly textiles, but I didn't get that inspired with that idea. Like, I just didn't feel that, yeah. you know? I was like, I need to do this. This is this is a different industry. This is a consumable. It's something that touches people every single day. This is a very big opportunity. Like, can I create something of impact? Can I create something big? You know, it's not about for me, it was always about creating something for the culture that that was like a vessel for the community mm -hmm. to be proud of, right? And to have like a message of hope and sustainability and all these things that I talked about, right? But at the same time, it was like I knew it had to be big because in order to create impact, a lot of times you have to create something big. Right. Yeah. So I was like, this thing, can this thing get to like a billion dollar multiple? Mm -hmm. And yes, the answer is yes. In my category, there's many instances where beverage brands have sold and exited for billions of dollars or they generate billions of dollars in sales. Right. That means you're like spreading your message to a lot of people, Absolutely. right? Hundreds of millions of billions of people. So then, I was like, all right, this is where I can lean in my focus on and take those things. And then the selfish wanting to put reggaeton in like the <laughs> forefront and like merge it all together, you know? And I was like, this is where I'm going to land. And I know it's going to be hard for the initial phase. I didn't know that the pandemic was going to happen, obviously, because right. that made it ultra more complex, you know? And now, you know, kind of this like, weird recession we're going through so you know but you obviously just have to navigate through it and you know just know that the big picture's ahead right and when exactly 95 percent of the the times you're just facing challenges you know just keep fighting and keep pushing because you know what i'm seeing now my the challenges i have today are nothing near the challenges i had in a separate industry and i was right. able to I was able to succeed in that industry, right? Because of the resilience, the persistence. It's like the Mamba mentality. It's like, yeah. dude, everything, like, you know, nothing is like going in your favor. You have to work so hard to be the best, you know? And my attitude, like, like on Labor Day, I was like, this is the best day to work. Why? There's zero distractions. There's zero yep. people emailing you back. So you, you can work. Like I worked 12 hours on that day, like undistracted. Yeah. Right. Like probably got like, three emails all day as opposed to like 250. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you just have to know that like, if you have this big picture ahead, 
nothing matters. Like the pain, the, the struggle, that all that goes away because you see the bigger picture. But it, but it took time to, for me to get there, right? But I always knew like, this is the big picture. But then now that I started seeing like the blocks being built, then it's like, okay, the pain and the struggle is fine. Like right. I'm going to see, I'm going to get there. I don't know how, but it's like, it's going to be hard as fuck. But, you know, I'm committed to getting there. And if it's not for me, at least it's for the culture. Where can people find out more about Cheeky and where can people follow along in your journey and just check out everything that you're working on? Yeah, you can go to uh, at drinkchiki, C-H-I-K-I. That's the Instagram. That's the TikTok. That is the um, the Facebook. And then you can go to drinkchiki.com. Um, and then it's in about 600 retailers now and it's launching. Um, we're going to be in Publix uh, at the end of October, early November. Awesome. Um, so that's big. And then we're going to be in one of the top five retailers in America in January. I can't announce that one yet, but you can guess because there's only five big ones um, <laughs> or the top five. And then we're going to be at another top 10 retailer in April. I can't announce that one either. But yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's selling in stores. For instance, if you go on drinkchicky.com on the store lo- locator, we're in LA, we're in all the Air One stores. Um, in the Midwest, like by you, we're in Fresh Time, um, Publix at the end of October, as I mentioned. Um, in certain regions on the East Coast, we're in Pliables, like 150 stores. Um, we're in um, about 300 independent stores across the country. Also in uh, Mom's Organic Market in the DC, in, in like the DMV area. Yeah. Um, and then Foxtrot in Chicago, awesome. Dallas, and DC. It's in like 22 plus stores there. Yeah, and, and growing. So, you know, by the time this comes out, it will probably be in another like 50 to 100 stores as well. What makes you strange on purpose? Oh, I think uh, curiosity. You know, I think like mm. my curiosity is like very wide. And like, you know, I think I can, you know, I'm pretty well versed in travel. And like I said, like a student of the street, a student of culture, um, a student of people. And like, you know, I think it's, I mean, it's not strange, but like, it's kind of strange that I can go and adapt into like any climate very easily, yeah. like meaning any region, people, language, et cetera, et cetera, just cause I love culture. You know, and I think like, you know, I'm like, I've been seen, you know, in places like oh, Vietnam or China. Yeah, I've been to China over 60 times, wow. you know, um, you know, so like going to places where I was always like, hey, I don't want to go eat at the fancy restaurant where they take the Americans, you know, take me to this place where all the Chinese eat, you know, yeah. um, or, you know, that kind of mentality. So like really wanting to in some cases it, it was strange what i was eating right but i was like screw it if i'm going to adapt and understand and assimilate you need to do these things because this is real everyday life you know so yeah chicka chicka boom boom <laughs>